the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Just walked by a television and said something to the nature of Dow up 400. Tariffs to be delayed. Are you kidding me? You can't make this stuff up. Dow uh, up 400. Sure enough. Interesting to note, stocks are spiking after the tariffs are delayed. U.S. inflation accelerates. Um, That's a headline out there today. The Federal Reserve, in theory, fights inflation as well as fights for full employment. They want as little inflation, not as little inflation as possible, but they want to keep it between 2 and 4%. 4% is too hot of inflation. 2% 2% is just about too cold of inflation. So we got that going on. CBS and Viacom have reached an agreement in principle to get back together. Uh, these media companies. Summer Redstone knows more about fashion models than about business models. CBS and Viacom have reached an agreement in principle, taking one step closer to uniting the media mogul entertainment empire after 13 years apart. Why did we ever split up? Why not stay together? It really didn't work out for shareholders. So there's a messy family situation involved, too. His daughter, Sherry Redstone, president of National Amusement after three attempts since 2016, finally gets a victory. Previous merger talks had failed because of the clashes between executives over divvying up top jobs and the company's relative valuation. Media is increasingly competitive. 
like two dogs growling at each other, Disney and Netflix, right? And Viacom wants to get in on it, too. As does CBS and Time Warner. They all have various assets of uh, which appeals the most. So they're getting back together. I can't say that that's a story that I, I care much about. If you're with me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Big event coming up Friday at the Money Show. You can sign up for the event. It's income and retirement. It's in San Francisco. It's at just before lunchtime. You can find out more at newfocusfinancial.com. You do have to sign up for the event by going to kdow.biz. You get in for free, but they get your email. Ah, 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 ah. And hopefully you can opt out sooner than later if you get annoying emails. You know, one of the things about being retired that stinks is you get older, right? And sometimes you need care given to you. Easiest example is my mother, who 25 years ago lost her husband, roughly. She's been living 25 years on her own. She, we would have loved if she got married and shared some of her friendship and love with someone else but she didn't so she needed a caregiver because she had a couple strokes along the way strokes make you very forgetful strokes make you uh, less smart shall you say you could ask her who's president if it was Obama she goes oh I know mom who's president of the United States oh I know you're not going to fool me and she'd never say it because she didn't know So as baby boomers are aging, many of them are coming to terms with harsh realities of being a caregiver for their parents. I did it for a few years, I'll be honest with you. I'd say three, maybe four, after my father died. And I was like, I got to move to the West Coast. I just, I I couldn't take it anymore. I had to like move on with my life, so to speak. And I'm glad I did. I'm here. What does it take to be a caregiver? Well, you're going to reduce spending. You're going to travel less. You're probably going to get a new home closer to your your, um, family. You'll cut back hours at work. You'll stop working all together. Sounds like fun, huh? It's not. And it's not fun for the people who have to go through it themselves. So just know that it's expensive. And it's a little bit of a problem. Hong Kong remains the epicenter of geopolitical angst today. The airport has been effectively shut down for the second consecutive day with protesters interrupting the course of normal operations. Meanwhile, Chinese troops have been amassed reportedly outside Hong Kong, raising concerns that there could be a potential violent clash soon. And how will the Chinese authorities attempt to regain control of matters? Let's hope it's not like a Tiananmen Square, because then I think the markets are screwed. You could just get out a big old six-inch wood screw and just put it right in stock market because turn, 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 turn. Total CPI increased three-tenths of a percent. There was inflation out there today. That is leaving inflation right about consumer price inflation, right about 1.8% year over year, which is slightly up from the 12-month reading last month, which was 1.6%. So it's a little, it's getting a little bit closer to problems. 
So it muddies the monetary policy outlook. Year-over-year readings are not exactly rate-cutting material, but everything else going on in the market will be left to conclude, ultimately, that another rate cut is likely since the Fed will want to ensure that everything else going on doesn't lead to you know caustic slide of inflation expectations. So we still have that going on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Facebook reportedly called off talks to buy House Party over fears a deal would attract unwanted antitrust scrutiny. This seems to be the modus operandi at this point in time, that Facebook will be in the news for a long time about being a monopoly. And they'll probably have to settle quite a few times along the way, a lot like Microsoft had to do. But now we don't talk about Microsoft as being as much of a monopoly, even though they're still kind of a brilliant company with what they do. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Google keeps a list of everywhere you go. Isn't that crazy? I know it's in theory to make you your phone smarter, but it is kind of crazy. Apple's entering the credit card business this month, and it's launching the Apple Card. It's kind of interesting. What do you think of Apple is? Are they a hardware company? Are they a services company? Uh, are they a media company with the way they used to sell music versus the way they sell music now? Apple's new credit card may be Apple's strongest ever services tie-in with the iPhone. If switching to an Android phone means changing credit cards, are you still going to do it? It's pretty smart. The ways they get stickiness out of their product and out of their ecosystem. Apple Card can only be used if you have an iPhone. The Apple Card is intended to keep you locked into the ecosystem. Apple Card is a brilliant business move in an era where switching phones is easier than ever. The Apple Card is an aspirational luxury item that makes perfect sense for iPhone owners who want to be seen with Apple products. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Find the new website, newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of good downloadables there. I'm Rob Black. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. The Money Show is in San Francisco, August 15th through the 17th. You can sign up by going to our website, kdow.biz. It's free. There's a ton of speakers. There's a schedule going on. There's events. There's exhibits if you like to walk from exhibition to exhibition and see what people are offering. There's everything there. There's technical trading. There's marijuana stocks. There's the economy. There's gold. There's growth stocks. There's small caps, micro caps. There's a lot going on. Joining us now to talk a little about his role in The Money Show coming up August 15th through 17th in San Francisco is Gary Schilling, PhD, someone I've been reading for a very long time through Forbes, I believe, has been most of it, although I want to say a little bit of Bloomberg has been sprinkled in as well. How are you, Mr. Schilling? Okay, I'm great. How's everything with you? 
That's good. It's good. The uh, market's doing the yo-yo thing right now where tariffs, she loves me, she loves me not. It kind of goes up, she kind of goes down based on that. Um, tell us a little bit more about who you are, Gary, before we start getting into the, the economy and other insights. Well, uh, we're economic uh, forecasters, uh, uh, investment strategists. We also manage portfolios. We, <clears throat> we eat our own cooking. Uh, we start with the economic, political, financial spheres, develop a forecast, and then see what investment themes logically drop out from that. And, uh, and uh, I, I, it's, it's uh, what they call top-down approach. In other words, we're, we're looking from the, from the, uh, from the aggregate down. Uh, we're not stock pickers. Uh, we use exchange-traded funds in our investments uh, principally. Uh, but we're we're very much interested in major themes like, you know, what's happening with the trade wars, uh, with China, uh, what the Fed is doing, uh, or consumers are doing. Obviously, you got to worry about some of the political aspects going on in Hong Kong, the Middle East, etc. But that's that's the general approach. Um, one thing that I would point out is that we we have been uh, bulls on long Treasury bonds. Since 1981, back then I wrote, we're entering the bond rally of a lifetime. The yield on the 30-year Treasury was 14.6%. It's now it's now 2.1%. And the reason that I've always bought Treasuries for myself and our clients is not for the yield. I couldn't care less what it is uh, as long as it's going down. It's the appreciation. It's the same reason most people buy stocks. And interesting, since the early 80s, uh, long-term treasuries have outperformed the S&P by six times, six times. Most people aren't aware of that, but it's been a fabulous investment, and I, I think it still is, is uh, interesting. Uh, we're looking for uh, yields on 30-year bonds uh, going to 2%, and the 10-year, which is now uh, at 1.6%, uh, going to 1%. So I think there's still further capital appreciation in uh, what I've called the bond rally of a lifetime. Interesting to note that um, the stock market gets all the sexy kind of news. The bond market, not so much. Is the bond market being driven by the economy? And if so, where does the economy take us at this point in time? Yeah, I, I think that we're uh, in or, or close to a recession. You look okay. what's happening, the, the previous Fed tightening, uh, the disruptions caused by the trade wars, uh, things like the inverted yield curve. Uh, the, uh, you look at the Fed, uh, Cleveland Fed and New York Fed, uh, they're, they're, uh, they have gauges of inflation, of, of, I'm sorry, of recession. They're both are at levels now that they've been in previous recessions. There's a lot of evidence of that, and that is a very uh, advantageous situation for, for treasuries because they are a safe haven. And in recessions, credit demand elsewhere drives up. Uh, so there's less there's less uh, competition. Also, uh, there is a, the safe ha- the safe haven effect. Interesting enough, low as interest rates are in the U.S. now, they're higher than almost any other developed country, and there's a huge advantage. I mean, you look at Switzerland, for example. Virtually all of their uh, all of their government uh, sovereign issues are negative yield. So there's a huge advantage for foreigners for being. Uh, in in treasuries, uh, so I think it's a combination of things. But what's interesting is that we've had this rally in treasuries going on for uh, about a year, a strong rally, the most recent one, 
And that is telling us, I think, that we're looking at low inflation, possibly deflation, and, and recession. Up until recently, stocks were telling you the opposite. They said that everything is clear sailing uh, and and the economy was, it was in good shape. But one thing I would point out is that stock investors uh, have been imbued, trained, I use that word trained deliberately, uh, to watch only the Fed, because the Fed, I think, was responsible for propelling stocks uh, from their low in March of 2009 uh, to their high last year. And, and so people only look at the Fed, and you have this weird situation where weakness in the economy is, has been greeted with rallies in stocks because the assumption is the Fed is going to, to ease, ease credit. Well, they are starting to, but people are talking about what, what the Fed is doing, but not why the Fed is doing it. The Fed is easing because they obviously see that the economy is weakening, and they're concerned about having overdone it and, uh, as usual, precipitated a recession. All very, very good stuff. You're going to be speaking at the Money Show coming up this week. You've got a couple of events that people can find out by going to kdow.biz, getting on the Money Show website, and, and going down that road. Anything else that you want to talk about? We've got about a minute or two left. Anything that you think we, we need to know, sir? Well, I th- yeah, I, th- I think that uh, that the, the China trade war is, 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 is very important, and I think the U.S. is going to win because we are the buyer uh, and China's the seller. And when you've got plenty of goods and services in the, in, in the world, it's the buyer that wins. But uh, and, and they're pressured to settle this within the next, I would maybe the next six months or so, because Trump faces a 2020 election, and China, the economy is weakening, and more and more production is moving out of China to get out of the way of the trade war to Vietnam, India, Bangladesh, etc. But beyond that, there is a struggle that I think Trump recognizes between the U.S. and China. China wants to be number one in the world. They need Western technology to make their economy grow. Uh, They've got a declining labor force because of the one-child-for-couple policy, so they need productivity and and Western technology. And I think that's where the struggle is going to be well beyond the, the trade war. Thanks very much for joining us. I super appreciate it, and I'll see you at the Money Show this week. Thanks very much. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We were just talking the economy with a guy who's been in the business a long time, and he's seen a little bit of everything, Gary Schilling. He will be at the Money Show this week. Um, He's an economic consultant. He's an investment advisor. He's a longtime columnist for Forbes. Uh, I get what he does. I like what he does. He's authored eight books, uh, which is pretty impressive if you play in the industry that i play in uh, investing getting people to retirement insurance um, gold the economy you gotta follow someone like a gary Schilling. he in in baseball cards he would be a collector uh, a collectible item so to speak uh, but we don't have a lot of economists and columnists from financial matters on baseball cards and then do we Anyway, you can find out more by going to kdow.biz. That's kdow.biz. And check out The Money Show coming this week to the Hilton in San Francisco, August 15th through the 17th. It won't last and it won't stand. But with a suitcase in your hand. Well, I don't think about that stuff. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. $500,000 worth of watches, jewelry, and electronics were stolen from Alex Rodriguez's SUV outside Oracle Park. He was there broadcasting a game for Major League Baseball. He had $500,000 worth of personal items in his in a rental car. What's the biggest amount of stuff you've ever lost? I would have to stop and think about it in my world, and I'm guessing it might have been in college, where it feels like dorm rooms got robbed all the time. I know you're saying you went to a tough college. No, it just feels like that's what people do when they're 18-year-old boys. So I know that we had a guy on the dorm floor who would buy like Costco booze and would always raid it and water it down. We'd put 80% water in and we'd take 80% gin or vodka out, so to speak. So he lost a lot. But I'm trying to think of the biggest theft. I had an old cell phone stolen once. Broke my car window, which it stank because it was a crap phone that was like worth a dollar. Window, window was worth more than the phone, you know? I can't think of anything that great that I've ever had stolen. But this brings the question of, you know how I keep talking about how you earn more, you save more, you invest more? 500000 just sounds stupid. A camera, a laptop, jewelry. Jewelry! Uh, I go to the church of men wearing less jewelry versus the church of men wearing lots of jewelry. I I don't get it. But uh, a San Francisco police spokesperson said items valuing up to 500000 including a camera, a laptop, a bag, and miscellaneous jewelry were stolen. Smashed in a black Nissan sport utility vehicle between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Some of them were of personal nature and sentimental value. Why would you leave them in a rental car outside of a ballpark? I don't know. Are you crazy? That to me. I know, right? So, I, that does come into like a financial thing, right? We, we talk about identity theft, but there's also physical theft. And I, I guess this is where I'm a little bit on the crazy side. That I believe that if someone wants to get into your house, they're going to get into your house. I do believe in security, but I do believe that, you know, you almost want to leave your car open in San Francisco instead of having someone break a window to find that there's nothing of value in your glove compartment. So I believe in looking at numbers. I believe at scrutinizing expenses. I believe at looking through contracts. Most people don't. I've got a good friend who's in the financial media industry and his travel budget's out of control. He doesn't necessarily scrutinize expenses. And I think if any of us grew up knowing an accountant, you can learn some very, very, very valuable lessons. You learn what debit is. You learn what credit is. You learn about tracking numbers. Do you remember balancing a checkbook? I bet very few people balance a checkbook in this day and age because very few people are writing lots of checks, right? So, but you should track your numbers, and that's one of the things that New Focus Financial does really well. Is that and I was a little shocked to learn this. They've got a background. They've got a 
something called eMoney. That's just this amazingly robust tool that follows your budget, follows your expenses, follows your income, follows your investments. Um, so it tracks your numbers, so to speak. Tracking your finances is much easier thanks to technology. I remember balancing the checkbook on the back of said checkbook. <laughs> um, and, and it was ridiculous. And then they came up with a, like the extra copies behind a check. So when you wrote it, you actually retained a copy of what you wrote just in case you didn't log it. No number's too small. It's a phrase that pays in my world. Small leaks sink great ships. It's absolutely true. Um, I cut cable, but it took me a long time to cut down the package, then cut down to one room, two from two rooms to one room, then cut down that last room. It took me a little bit too long, and it was leaking money because I was running both Google TV YouTube TV side-by-side with Comcast TV. Or how about a gym expense that you never go and you're not working out and it's just that that little leak in your budget. It's just a killer. Another thing that most people don't do that they should do is um, go through your budget and figure out like, do, do people get magazine subscriptions anymore? The magazine that I used to get that I, I canceled recently was called Jugs Magazine. And uh, it was all about pottery in the Byzantine Empire. It's all about jugs. Because there's a play on humor there that you're probably missing, which is A-OK with me. Um, but that was expensive. That was 20 bucks a year. And, you know, just sat on my coffee table more often than not. So you gotta you got to look at your, your things like that. here, $20 there. It adds up. You want to read the fine print of anything you ever sign. It's insane to do. But someone does it, and you quickly learn, like, you're giving Facebook the like, the the permission to use your likeness. And then you you learn more and more that we're moving to a facial recognition world, and like, wait, 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 wait. What are they using my, my face for? I didn't read that. So read the fine print. Jargon contracts can be super confusing and intimidating. Um, if you can't read like an S filing or Q filing or K filing in the world of finance, you shouldn't own stocks. If you own stocks and you're not reading the annual report, you, I think you're doing something wrong. So a lot of people don't do simple things to stop the bleed out of money from their accounts. Like I was saying, subscriptions. A lot of people don't read the fine print um, and you lose out on offers or you get nickel to dime, so to speak. I can ask many people today and you will be disappointed by how many people have an answer to my question. Like, do you know how much money you made last month versus how much you spent? And most people don't have a clue. And I get it. It's getting more and more complicated. You have two or three credit cards that come in at different times. Um, your paychecks are you know, uh, twice a month. I get it. I get that it goes straight into your bank account. You no longer have that march down to the bank with your check and going up to the teller and saying, well, hello there, fine teller. Uh, you don't have that anymore, right? You want to work with um, skilled professionals also. So you want to have a better understanding of what's going on in your world. 
for instance, I may sign a contract with Verizon again, um, you know, limited data, unlimited data, 4G, 5G, those are the things that are playing into my contract decisions right now. <clears throat> do I want to wait for 5G to see what deals come out? Or do I want to lock into 4G prices knowing that they may keep me on the 4G platform? Eh. Or they may make me upgrade later <laughs> with all those upgrade fees, which those drive you crazy. So work with skilled professionals. I have an accountant do my, my accounting. I have a mortgage guy do my mortgages. Uh, I don't pretend to do it myself. When it comes time to sell my home, I want to have a realtor who can do it. And now you're saying, but you can save $60,000 by doing it yourself, comic book man. I'm like, I, I don't really want to save $60,000 by doing it myself. I want to get a transaction that I feel is legally binding. And if for some reason it's not, I can point a finger to someone. I want to get the best agent who knows a hundred other agents who want to get into a property. I don't want it to be the time, the person's first rodeo, so to speak. Right. I don't know if you're with me or against me on that one, but realtors, if they have a network of other realtors, those are potential buyers of your said property that you're trying to sell. Um, and I think that's where realtors make their money. So on, in my world, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Americans spend a ton of money on dining out. It's probably one of the areas in my budget that I wish I could rein in. Whether it be uh, on vacations or not. So... Um, how much do we spend a year on dining out? It's a lot of money. In typical, in California, the average family spends $3,295 per year on eating out. Seems a little low. Average menu price in Colorado is $11.03. It's $10.26 in Colorado. In Connecticut, $10.92. So you kind of see everything's right around that area, but like, for instance, the South, they eat out a lot less because there's uh, economically, they don't make as much money as the coast do. Um, the coast of the United States is an area where I'm, I feel blessed that I was raised, but look at your budget on eating out. It's expensive, but eating in can be expensive too if you have a lot of food waste, which another thing I wish I could cut back on, number of times I eat out and how much food gets thrown away. That drives me insane, especially when it's fruit. And you know how much water goes in a growing fruit. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Market's doing quite well today on the announcement of delayed tariffs on some retail goods. Electronics, computers, game stations, video game stations, things like that. But also, um, Apple. Apple basically got a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. You guys can sell phones and no tariffs until at least mid-December, which is obviously a crucial time for back to school in the holidays. Let's go to our calls right now. Patrick O'Hare, Mr. O'Hare from briefing.com. How are you, sir? Hey, Rob. I'm doing okay. Good to be back with you. Got a little different time slot for you, a little quicker time frame. Uh, What do you think of the she loves me, she loves me not tariffs are back off until December kind of delay. What do you take of this today? Well, uh, there's a lot of things that go through your head here as a market analyst when you see something like this. I suppose, um, you know, I was on a train commuting to work at the time when the headline came in, and I'm like, okay, well, that's good news for the market initially. Um, and, and we saw that in the major indices. They all had a knee-jerk rally on, on the headline. Uh, you know, and then the follow-up thought, though, was, you know, this this issue isn't going away. It's, you know, it's being deferred in, in many respects. Um, and it just makes you wonder, you know, uh, how long, well, we're going to be as beholden to this kind of yo-yo policy, you know, for as long as it, it takes, obviously. But, you know, the market um, can't ever really trade with with really strong conviction when it knows uh, a tweet, a headline, what have you, on one of these major issues can, can, can come at any moment here. And, and there's just not a lot of certainty surrounding this issue. And I think that while today's a good day so far based on this headline, you know, it still doesn't remove it. You know, any, you know, a great deal of that uncertainty that exists for businesses, you know, trying to do business in China, trying to import items from China and export items to China and the like. So, um, so probably all in all, uh, contributes to this notion that you might have a, a range bound but somewhat volatile market here, uh, certainly as it relates to the trade matter. Pretty interesting times when that seems to move the market for the better part. It's starting to feel like a couple years now. Um, But with that being said, we're also talking potential recession. I had Gary Schilling on earlier in the show, and he said, we're basically in a recession. We're going to be in a recession. Um, Does your work cover recessions at all? And and do you worry about recessions? Or what are your thoughts on the, the pending doom, so to speak? Well, only in so much as, you know, as we looked at, you know, past periods uh, going back to 1980 when the yield curve inverted and, and uh, you know, on average, you know, when you from that first inversion, uh, you typically saw a recession occur uh, approximately 16 months after that uh, first inversion date, right? So, um, you know, we're a few months into it now since the inverted uh, curve, but, um, but you know, as we saw uh, in the you know the recent employment report, uh, recent retail sales data, um, you know the consumer is still hanging in there pretty good, and um, and while growth uh, is slowed somewhat, um, you know to say we're in a recession, I, you know I don't, you know I don't see that uh, in in the data here, um, and I suppose that the concern for the market though is that. Um, with the fixation on the flattening and the inverted yield curve, you know, the market kind of talks itself into recession and you see, um, you know, various 
sectors react according to that uh, to that view uh, when the data has yet to confirm it. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how how long uh, this expansion can can obviously last. It's the longest on record right now, but uh, but as far as the data itself is concerned, there isn't uh, recession in that data. Sounds good. Is there anything else that you're working on that we should be aware of? We've got about two minutes left in the segment. Right. Well, you know, just personally just back from vacation so getting my feet wet here again for the most part and you know going to be kind of taking stock of what's going on uh not just as it relates to trade but obviously what's going on in hong kong and uh you know if you get some uh violent suppression of the protest movement there uh you know that adds a whole new uh factor to to the market landscape here that you know isn't being fully accounted for yet so a lot to take in right now but obviously today's is looking like a reasonably good day based off of the uh the tariff headline that we saw break earlier Sounds good. What do you think about you take a vacation last week and on Monday the VIX spikes enormously? Your your vacation time and the market started going a little crazy on you. And they say that anytime the Dow and the S&P drop 3%, it'll eventually drop 10%, 96% of the time. And six months later, it'll be up 10%, 96% of the time. Any thoughts on the volatility picking up while you're on vacation? I, I mean, I think it just goes to show that you can't time this market, right? Uh, I think the yep. Dow was down something like 700 points or something on the first day of vacation. And then, you know, by the uh, by the middle of the week, I think it had made it all up, if I remember correctly. But, you know, this headline we saw today is another case in point. You might have been short coming into the morning, and then you get that come out, uh, that headline. And lo and behold, uh, you know, you're covering uh, in a big way uh, as the market comes screaming back. So you have a long-term, patient-minded approach. Stay the course. Sounds good. Thanks for joining me, and thanks for coming on a little later than you typically do. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. You can find him online at Briefing.com. Typically on Tuesdays, he's with us at the 7.33 time. Today, we pulled him in at 7.51 to make room for another guest, and we super wildly appreciate that. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. They're a great source, a reliable source, a trusted source of international as well as domestic markets, something I've been using for 20-plus years. Pretty crazy. Speaking of crazy, Domino's has embraced a new delivery form. What do you think it is? Is it a drone? No. Is it is it a tube that we can put it in and it flies straight to you like Elon Musk's tubes? No. Is it a car that gets 100 miles a gallon? No. They're, they're using e-bikes in cities like New York and Atlanta to deliver pizzas. Isn't that kind of refreshing to go backwards? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.